from the city market, it is Two Douchebags and Microphone Podcast. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. If a 10 pound bag of shit could talk, this is what it would sound like. Or why is this? Or someone explain this to me. Things that are just, I don't quite get. I'm going to let you look up K Polk. I, I am. But one of the questions that I've been pondering for a while is what does a party DJ really do besides plug in their laptop and let everyone listen to it? I mean, do they do anything else? Everything Isn't everything pre-programmed and they just kind of click a button on their laptop and their laptop entertains everybody? Yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Huh? I don't understand what DJs get paid for. I don't either. Okay, <laughs> okay. Oh, here comes your ad. Here, watch this ad first. Let me see if it still goes after I took the ad. Ladies and gentlemen, K-Polk is still here. Yes, if you ever wanted to listen to music in 2-4, here you go. Bill? 1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2-1-2. We give you this with love, Bill. Enjoy. <laughs> From the great beyond. <laughs> Now i got to figure out how to get that shit off my phone. Yes, okay. you realize you're going to have to swab out the speaker now because that focus stuff sticks. Yeah, yeah, you know, this is waterproof, so I'm going to throw it in alcohol. Yeah, there you yeah, go. That's a good idea. So, yeah, yeah. Take <clears throat> Hulk. <laughs> Great station. And you don't have to fuck with someone. Anyhow, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know what exactly we're supposed to think about lap. Laptops okay. and DJs. You know, here's what um, here's my here's my view on it. Yeah. And I have a lot of DJ <laughs> friends, like local DJs. You know, that go in, yeah. they go out and spin record DJs, not mm-hmm. like the actual guy on the radio. I have some of them friends too, but I'm talking about I have a lot of friends that spin records. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the deal. Here's what I see. Not the guys that I know. The guys that I know aren't raw on guys. Yeah. Because they spin unique stuff like punk. They spin stuff like uh, old uh, Western. Deep tracks. Rockabilly. Deep tracks. Yeah, yeah, like Steve. You know Steve. <clears throat> no, yeah. Steve, uh, Steve does deep tracks. Uh, Rico does uh, um, a lot of punk and ska. Yeah. They do stuff that they don't have to raw raw. But all the other ones, and no offense if anyone hears this, but you guys are raw raw guys. That's it. Yeah. Hey, 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 come on down here. Come on. Come on down here and put in your request. Yeah, we got James over here. James wants to hear Oingo Boingo. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. You got to be the guy that, like, acts like everything is the coolest. Yeah. You got to have your radio voice on. And yep. you, you got to try to come up with catchphrases. And you got to try to get as many chicks in that place as you can. It, uh, I, I remember seeing a DJ performing at a wedding and wedding reception I went to. And his rah-rah attitude was, was cringeworthy because it was really out of place. It was That's a little more I'm of saying. a laid-back attitude. It's too, uh, <clears throat> it's too contrived because yeah. nobody's that excited about someone spinning records in the corner at some little uh-huh. dive bar. No but, one really you know, gives a fuck or a microbrew or whatever. You know? he, w- he wasn't even spinning records. He didn't have any kind of lights. Um, he had just a couple of things on the floor that would you know make little sparkles and stuff. But... He was basically just 
clicking on sound files on his yeah, computer and playing them. Yeah. That's all well, he did. Well, the guys did. I know, they still use phonographs. Steve <laughs> does, Rico does, both of them use phonographs. You know, when you see them over there with their headset on, mm -hmm. one headset on while they're trying to talk to people, uh -huh. cueing in the music. So there's still art to what they do. Okay. But most of them have their laptop, and they go over there, and they're like, okay, what kind of bar is this? What's going on? Uh, oh, okay, okay, it's just like a dance club bar. Okay, well, here, I'll put my dance mix in. Yes. Yeah. Well, see, all I ever see is the TV commercial version or the TV show version, where it's it's always someone looking hip, and they're bouncing up and down to electronica. Well, that's primarily all of it. The people I know, most of the people I know are unique. Well, it's electronica music. You know, it's all mindless dance music at 120 beats per minute. Well, that's what you get with that. And I mean, then they let's face it, they I mean, show the DJ just randomly twisting knobs here and there, and maybe grabbing something and, and swirling it. And but it's all phony. I mean, it's not. It's someone pretending to be a DJ on TV. So I don't know what they really do in real life. Other than this guy who just clicked on music files on his well, laptop. Well, like I said, there's different types of them. <laughs> yeah. but one, the, most of the ones that I know are actual real record spinners. But I've also well, I had seen to know the there's ones, some of those out there still. Well, there's a, let's see, like, uh, what is the name of it? Uh, Johnny's Deck down here on Wyandotte. Mm -hmm. You'll go into one of those and they actually have the laptop <clears throat> guy. Yeah. The reason I say one of those is there's like three levels. There's a rooftop, or actually four. There's downstairs, middle, third third uh, story and then rooftop during good weather there's like four then the rooftop is usually a band and the third third level is usually the uh the guy with the laptop yeah and he's a raw raw guy yeah, yeah. he's like oh yeah 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 come on over here yeah, 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 yeah. come on over here yeah. baby bitch Give me and there are people who want that but okay it's good to know that that's not all you get people when that you want hire that DJ. are teenagers yeah young people that just they really have no idea what a party or a DJ is all about. Yeah, they subscribe to that because they have no idea. You know, they're just like, oh, this is what is fun. Oh, yeah, this is cool. And actually, yeah. they're just like going, eh, okay. They've seen the fake TV version, and they think that's what they're supposed to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Most of it is raw-raw <laughs> shit. And like I said, we know people that are not raw-raw. And I think around Kansas City in particular... There's a lot of them that are not raw-raw. They have their own niche. Yeah. You don't have to go, like, let's say if you're in New York, and they're, like, 95% raw-raw, and that other 5% are at the quarter bars at the, at the necrophiliac bar or something, mm -hmm. you know, some shit like that. Yeah. Like the one in Denver that I saw, the necro bar or whatever they call it. Yeah. And, and everyone walking in there looked like they'd been dead for, like, three days. And, uh, lovely. Yeah. Yeah, so. <clears throat> well, here's something else I've been wondering about. Do you really buy products that are endorsed by celebrities? No. Actually, it kind of brings me away from there because I know the price is going to be overinflated for that person yeah. being there telling me about it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's number the, one, I don't believe they use it for one minute. No, no. Number two, I don't even think they know what it is. Mm -hmm. Number three, <laughs> I find anybody of that elk incredibly... Um, a, uh, lack of credentials, lack Phony. of phony. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're not they're not believable. No. You know they're getting paid to hawk this stuff. Yeah. And yeah, that my usual reaction is to feel sorry for the celebrity that they're in a stage in their life where they're so hard up they've got to do these shitty commercials. Well, you know, like Cindy Crawford doing the <laughs> fucking uh, skin commercials and stuff. It's mm -hmm. like, is that what it came down to? Yeah. Yeah. 
Have you ever timed one of those, the Cindy Crawford run? It's five full minutes. Oh, I know. I know, yeah. It's, yeesh. But, yeah, it's when a celebrity endorses something, I don't care. I no, really I don't, don't care. It doesn't make me want that thing. Actually. I wonder how many people it really, it, really affects. It makes, it makes me stay away from the product. Yeah. Because I think if they spend a lot of money on that person and the price is going to be driven even yeah. higher than normal. Oh, all you have to do is tell me everybody's doing it and I won't do it. Exactly. Same Guarantee I won't do it. it. It's yeah. like if everybody's doing it, count me out. Exactly. You know, that's just like the issue. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's something else uh, that I was wondering uh, that uh, struck me. The prettier the sales rep is, the shittier the product is. I agree. And uh, that came to light or came to mind when I was watching an episode of ER, which was a, a TV show made from like late 90s to the 2000s. You look and it, it was, up if you don't know what yeah, it is. Just look it up. It's based on a, a fictitious Chicago emergency room at a county hospital. It was actually, I did like the show. <clears throat> they had some good, they had some good moments, yeah. Um, but the drug rep comes in. And it, she basically looks like a very expensive call girl. And the idea is all the men are so infatuated with her looks that they pay attention to her product. My initial reaction is if your product was any good, you wouldn't need a whore there to sell it, male or female. I agree. So the prettier your sales rep, the shittier your product is in my in my initial assessment. So. That, that really attractive sales rep is going to have a real long uphill climb with me because just their existence means your product ain't shit. Yeah. <laughs> I agree 100%. Yep. And that ties into quality control is directly tied to how easy it is to return something. Mm-hmm. If it's tough as hell to return something, quality control is lax. They don't give a shit. But if it's super easy to return something... Then they pay attention to quality control. I agree. Yeah, isn't that funny how that works out? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here's a good question. Okay. If guitarist Nita Strauss looked like Roseanne Barr, would anybody still think she's a great guitarist? No. No. She'd be incredibly average. None of us would have ever heard of her. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I uh, I really uh, admire Alice Cooper for realizing this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. When he went to Gain Roberts, he upgraded tremendously on guitar agree. technology. And uh, seriously, call up Anita Strauss' video, play it, but don't look at the screen. Yeah. It's boring as hell. Boring. But if you're looking at Anita Strauss, you're like, oh, is there music play? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, she has talent. She has more talent than I do. No, no, no. She's but she's really not good. all that. She's, she's not really all that. good. Yeah. But the thing is, is uh, um, she's not as good as um, she, her looks actually make her better because it, it let me put it like this. You'd rather watch her play a decent guitar than some guy. Yeah. Yeah. And Alice knew she was eye candy and used her that way. Yeah, he did, too. She was always very prolific out in the front with her tight leather on, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, jumping around, fucking bending over, playing guitar. Yeah. 
And then, and then she went out and got her solo act together, and she put out an album and was going to tour it and go out there and get known as a, as a player. And then she dumped it to go be eye candy for Demi Lovato again. I, I think that um, she might be going pop. Yeah. Don't you think maybe? I think the competition has gotten to her, and she realizes I can excel here or I can be mediocre there. I'd rather be the king of mediocre town. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be the king of loser town. <laughs> Hello, yeah, come on yeah. over. Then we got somebody guys, here. Yeah, I see you guys doing this often, and I was just wondering what it is your uh, okay or podcast, podcast or something. It's a podcast. It is called Two Douchebags and a Microphone. Two do douchebags and a microphone. Here's the douchebags. We're the douchebags, and this is the microphone. There you go. Yeah. And you want you want to talk for a little bit? Come on, you can say anything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We're talking about all sorts of stuff. We'll start off with, uh, what's your name? Mark. Mark? Slate. Yeah, Mark Slate. Okay, I'm Mark. I'm Mark Wallace. Very nice hey, to meet you. And this is Topher. I'm, I'm Topher Kimner. Topher? Yeah, I'm good to meet you. Yeah, we are the two creators of said podcast. And this is Kansas City-based? or No, yeah, it's, it's national. We do talk about Kansas City stuff, but uh-huh. uh, if you listen, we just talk about anything. Uh, yeah, anything that yeah. just comes to mind. It looks it like you have notes, though. Yeah, yeah a little bit of show prep. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so. we have different. Yeah, we have show prep, different stuff that you know. Yeah. We have a fair number of international stories. downloads, which is kind of cool. Oh yeah, yeah. That is. <laughs> really yeah. digging that. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> we find weird stories that happen, stuff like that. You yeah. film on here, stuff that you're not going to hear on mainstream radio. Okay. Different ideas. So yeah. we, com- we spend a lot of time complaining about the NFL's decision to cancel the game between the Bengals and the Bills. So we flogged uh, yeah, that one yeah, quite a bit. You know, I'm not. A- Huge football fan, but being here in Kansas City, you have to be. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I've been a huge football fan, but I'm becoming less of one because of the way the NFL is changing. It's it's a league for gamblers now, and I don't gamble. Yeah, and and that's the way it's going, and we just kind of call it out. We call it like we see it, you know. It's not like we have sponsors to piss off. Yeah. (laughs) And and I think I tend to agree with you. I haven't thought of it, but, man, everything is advertising now for gambling. Everything's monetized. You know, the commercials, everything. What happened in the United States? We used to be, you know, a not... We don't want gambling. And then, uh, those river boats can be in a little, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like erosion. It just yeah. a little like bit you, wears away a little, a little hole, bit. If you dig a little hole off the Missouri River and put a boat there, then that's on the river. Exactly. It started with the Riverboat Queen. The Riverboat yeah. Queen was the only game in town. She had to be on that. And I think just the weekends, maybe, like yeah. maybe Friday and Saturday, maybe And they Sunday would actually night. cruise up and down the river. Yeah, and yeah. you could gamble while yeah. they're cruising up and down the river. Here in Kansas City? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. I know. Well, That's how it started. When you get a chance. It's yeah. called the Missouri Riverboat Queen. Yeah. It's no longer around. Those big casinos yeah. demolished yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I grew up in St. Louis. They had a riverboat, too, that they used to go up and down. <laughs> what gambling on it. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It. Yeah, right and down by the I arch. I think they had all. Well, yeah. now they now they have boats like us. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're the exact same. The big casino boats that never yeah. move. Oh, yeah. I think those are actually on the Mississippi. Right? Some of them actually move. Cool. I, I don't think they move. Well, they like move, but they actually on, sit on the river. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're on on the river. yeah. yeah. We we walk we went walking along the Missouri River uh, last fall, and we found the spot where they pump the water out of the Missouri River to flow around one of the casinos so they qualify legally as being in Missouri River water. Yeah. But here's the pipe and the pump where they pump it out of the river 
So yeah, it's not part of the river. Yeah, uh, I, I mean you can kind of you can kind of tell what happened. You know, a little money here and there or whatever. One of the earliest examples I remember is when Fourth um, of July rolls around, mm -hmm. and there were towns that would say no fireworks. It's illegal to shoot off fireworks. However, you can sell them here, and we'll collect the tax money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and, they were dead set against fireworks, but they're okay if you buy them and give them the tax money. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, it's yeah, kind of a fluid awesome. thing. You know, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, People are more than happy to sell you things you can't legally use. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that funny? It's like, mm. let's say you can buy a heroin, but you can't use it. Go ahead, buy it all you want. Yeah. You just can't use it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can go on the internet today and buy marijuana seeds for any strain you want and get them shipped to you through the U.S. mail and you're not breaking laws because the marijuana seeds themselves are not regulated. But once you start to grow them... But once you, you plant off. them, now you better have a permit. <laughs> I mean, even Missouri legalized both medical and recreational marijuana, yeah. and yet it's still against the law federally, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And right now we're existing on the grace of the federal government that has decided they don't want to come in and crack down on that. Um, I don't think they ever will because California has flat out said, we'll secede. Oh, we won't, you know, if you come in and try to shut down our weed industry, then we're not part of the U.S. anymore. And I think it's more because the Republicans smoke it as much as the yes, Democrats. they do. I think you're right. You know, yeah. I think you're right. And, and everybody wants the tax money. It's just, will our political base be okay with us legalizing this so we can get the tax money? I'm going to say hello to my sister-in-law. Hey. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. Uh, Did I walk past you before? No, no. I, I just started walking that way and oh. sat down and was visiting. Oh. So I'll let you guys go. You were nice oh. enough to let me. Right, Anytime we're here, come on down, sit down. Okay. Yeah. I might uh, come and join you. Hey, Mark. Sure. Very nice to meet you. Mark and Topher. 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 Short for Christopher. Oh, okay. And I'm Mark. And that's hey, what's Maureen. your name? Maureen. Uh, Maureen. Yeah, Very nice to meet you. Yes. Uh, do you want to sit down sometime while we're here and talk? They just okay. have a podcast. It's oh. called uh, Two Fish Bags and a Microphone. Yes, that's, that's us. us. Oh, wow. And they just, I see you guys here frequently. A so lot of people like, say that. So yeah. I said, what are those two dudes doing? Yeah. <laughs> now you know. We're exactly. Two with one microphone. <laughs> have a great day. Well, that was fun. That was fun. He's I, a pretty interesting guy. Too bad he couldn't stick around a yeah. little longer. I noticed his sister-in-law was wearing an Oregon State uh, sweatshirt, the Oregon State oh, Beavers. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, she comes back by uh, when she has time. Are you her for that? Yeah, yeah. My mom lived in Portland for a long time, so she was up on the on the Oregon teams, the Oregon Ducks and the Oregon State Beavers. Yeah, I like the, the Ducks. I always root for the Ducks. I like the Ducks. Yeah, yeah. they kind of use Packer colors, but why don't we hold that against them? Isn't that where uh, what's his name's from? Uh, <laughs> Los Angeles Charger uh, Herbert. Herbert. Yeah. Yeah, he's from the Oregon. He's Ducks, an Oregon. Right? Yeah. Duck. He's a duck. <laughs> so hey, I wanted to mention something about bully mentality in places you don't really recognize oh, yeah. it. You were telling me about this earlier, but we opted to go a little lighter. For yeah, a little bit. well, um, you know, I'm going to try to keep this light too. Um, we've all seen the, the the typical TV presentations of bullying, and then how it's taught, and you know, bullying is wrong and bad. And here's this public service announcement, or the you know, they demonstrate in TV shows, blah. But there's more, a lot more to bullying than just, you know, the big kid picks on the little kid and pushes him down. You know, that's that's kind of the, the Reader's Digest version. But 
there was a circumstance a while back when I was in high school, and there was some big, massive wrestler dude who everyone was all hot and excited about, and I didn't care. You know, I didn't give a shit about wrestling. Kind of like Biggin. No, yeah. no one like no one like Biggin. <laughs> yeah, so you know, he's a ball buyer. Big wrestler guy was famous, and everybody's like, "Oh, big wrestler guy! He's so awesome and he's so cool." And I, you know, I thought, and I said out loud, I said out loud, "I don't give a crap about him. You know, I don't care." Oh yeah, I bet if he were here, you wouldn't say that to his face. And I said, "Yeah, I would." Well, then he'd punch your lights out, man. He'd kill you. And then it's like, okay. And then I would call the police and have him arrested, and he'd spend time in jail, and I'd sue him for everything he has. And then they all called me a weakling and a pussy for not standing up for myself. What? So that's that's another form of bullying. No matter how big and strong the other guy is, you never get to call for help, even if it, you're you're uh, entitled to the help without being a, a loser or a pussy. Stand on your own. So that's the mentality of thinking whoever's bigger and stronger should get their way no matter what. That's a very good point. Yeah. Because I never really thought of it from that angle. You're mm-hmm. right. It's like succeed. It's like, here, the, you know, this is the order and you're just going to, wow. Yeah. Okay. And then it carries over to, you know, don't ask for help. Do it on your own. Yeah. Stand on your own. Those all forms of bullying. Don't ask for help because I want to keep you weak. Yeah. And I've noticed that in family members. They no grow one up. questions it. Yeah. Go, go ahead. It is bully. It's bullying. Yeah. It's keep you weak while I'm strong and don't use the help that's form, all around you. Form of control. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, there are family members I know that are so stubborn about never asking for help, they will bankrupt themselves before they ask for just normal help. But they've been conditioned all their lives that they're a pussy You're and a weakling. You're you can do it. Yeah. Stand on your own. Don't tell anybody. You're weak if you ask for assistance. Hide your tears. Don't show an emotion. That's all bullying. Stick your chest out. Yeah, that that's true. That is all bullying. That's true. So watch for that. You know, when somebody tells you, oh, you know, be a man, do it yourself. What's in it for them? Why are they so eager to have you fail? Competition and insecurity. Yeah. Uh-huh. Competition and insecurity is some of the biggest factors in the way people act. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, insecurity is the biggest. Yeah. You anything that you don't understand or you think that you can't match, mm-hmm. you got to destroy. Yeah. And you got to take down to your level. I'm not talking everybody. I'm talking a lot of people. And there, it, it carries <laughs> over to the stigma on mental health and mental disabilities. Now, I'll talk all day long about, you know, I go see a therapist. I talk to her every few weeks. I take daily medication to help with depression. I have mental health issues. I, I'm I don't, always and yeah. always will commend you because you went and did something about it. Yeah. You're and like, I'm, you know what? I've got some problems, and uh, I'm going to fucking do something about it myself. Yeah, I, I, I take a daily medication for my cholesterol. I take a daily medication exactly. for my blood pressure. The daily medication for my depression is just the same. Mm-hmm. It's an illness I have, and I'm treating it. Yeah, I'm not going to feel bad about it. There are people who would say, and there is a huge stigma, especially in some Asian cultures I've learned, about oh, mental really? health. Yeah, apparently the Chinese are like, you know, if you've got mental health issues, they will need to do business with you. Actually, I think it's true in the Italian community, too. 
maybe not so much nowadays. Maybe not so much nowadays, but I think the Italian community, and I'm not just talking about organized crime or something like that. I think it's viewed as is like you're a mental midget if you have to go. You're considered less than in every category. Yeah, I think they even have a term for it. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's like but, some you know, sort of a term that belittles you. And just uh-huh. say, yeah, oh, uh, what's his name? Yeah, he's a flake or whatever, you know. But you, know, you could call that bullying. You could call that instinctively taking an advantage against an, uh, an apparently weaker competitor. But for well, me, I have never been it's shy. It's also happened in American classification. Yes. Yeah. Minorities. Mm-hmm. Everything. Look at how minorities are always being belittled. I yeah. mean, uh, more so before, not so much now. But I mean, they're probably, it still happens now. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, I mean, we still have a long way to go, but let's let's be happy that we've come as far as we have. Yeah. And yeah. keep going. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, when I was a kid growing up, the racial slurs and just the horrible language was well, really commonplace, and nobody like, looked around to see who was listening. Now it's a lot more. You people realize. Oh, if I'm going to say that, I got to be real careful about who overhears me. But even 50 years ago, it was just like you know, you drop the N word wherever you wanted, nobody cared. They really didn't. At least, okay, a lot of people cared, but nobody did anything. Let me put it that way. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's wrong to say nobody cared because a lot of people like cared. This growing up, you really felt outnumbered <laughs> if you didn't feel that way. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I really did several times. Like I remember my, my grade school age friends were pressuring me into, you know, disliking and distrusting Jews and Mexicans and black people and poor people. And, you know, and to some degree, well, I kind of wanted to go along. But, you know, I never really had a problem with Jewish people because one of my, one of my best friends growing up was Jewish. So. <laughs> There's still a hell of a stigma. Yeah, I never had a problem with Jew people either, no. Jewish people either because I, you know, I always... Well, first off, I were friends with them before I even knew they were Jewish. Yeah, I didn't know what Jew meant. Yeah, then you afterwards know? it's like, oh, so you're one of them. Yeah. Well, what the hell's wrong? I, I don't get what the deal is. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I was already friends with him before I learned that some people put him in a different category. Yeah, and also uh, Mexicans or Hispanics. Yeah. I was already friends with him before I realized that yeah. people were like, what are you doing hanging around with that guy? It's like, wait, uh, uh, you know, Juan down there? Yeah, him. He's one of those. What's one of those? Oh, you know, fucking whatever they call whatever it. Yeah, yeah, whatever racial slur. Whatever racial slur. And always like, just thought, What? Why do you care? Yeah, and it's like what? Who insecurity. Yeah, I go back to insecurity and and afraid you're going to lose your place in line. Yeah, and that's also something the government has been masterful about. Oh yeah, they throw out two pennies and then they look at us and go, "Those minorities are going to take that from you." <laughs> yes, <laughs> and the amount of people that fucking fall for that is yep. insane. Yep. Now, there's other issues, like, look, we need immigration, but the way you do it means everything. You have mm-hmm. to do it right. Yeah. You can't let Tom, Dick, Harry, and fucking uh, uh, Billy across the fucking border without knowing who they are, because there's so many things. They could be murderers. They could be rapists. They could be um, they could be uh, terrorists. We don't know. Yeah, you have to keep in mind, even though it's true, most people that you come across are decent people and want to they do the right thing. They just want to their family, yes. But the fact is, the bad people out there will take advantage That's and the will deal. intentionally plant. So, I'll, I'll sure, like let this. the people in, but 
find a way to screen that works. And you have to put enough money and value in it. Yeah. Is the deal. And okay. I think that's been a big drop, a big stumbling block for decent kind we, of immigration. We need workers. Nobody, we need workers. Yeah. We need people that want to work and have a family and continue this style of life that mm-hmm. we have, right? Yeah. So I'll put it like this, and this is the way I told someone, and I think this is the best way. Maybe this Neanderthal the way to put it. I don't know, but okay. No scientific formula here, but you have a house. Okay, and you just got another house, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know, a relative passed away and they left it to you. You like the relative's house a hell of a lot better than your house. Yeah. Well, shit, what am I going to do with this? Well, I don't want to sell it. Yeah, I guess I'll rent it. You let the first person that walks up there go, hey, I want to rent this house. You let them in there? No. no. What do you do? You sample the market. Yeah. yeah, you screen them. Do you a background check. Yes. And you go, man, this guy here, he has three felonies of making drugs and assaulting <laughs> yeah. people. This other person, all he's done his whole life was work and pay taxes. Uh-huh. I think I'm going to let the guy that works and pay taxes come in. Same thing. Yeah. You have to have some sort of a system. Yeah. And I'm not heartless. You feed the people down there. You do what you need to do to help them out. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is you cannot just blindly... Like break a dam open and just let everything fucking fall in that can, you know. Yeah. And that's just the way it is, and that's been the problem is neither side wants to truly address it. And addressing it is not a wall. Addressing it is not just let anyone in. Addressing it is in the middle. Yeah. Uh, but but who in the government wants to take the liability and responsibility for exactly. saying I will keep the bad people out and let the good people in? None of them do because that's, that, that's, that's accountability oh, and yeah. that's doing your job. Yeah, nobody wants to get on record as being the one responsible. Heck yeah. no, that's the exact opposite of what people who work it, for the government and want. Like I said, I would love to know the numbers of people we actually need working. Yeah, I mean, oh, you drive by a place and you see, you know, they have very few, little help. It's like their people waiting outside our borders would love to come take that job, do it well, pay taxes, oh, and you can breeze in and out. About it. Yes. Yeah. So how come? How come we can't come up with a system that helps them come in? How come we can't, yeah. like, uh, how about some of these uh, store owners maybe helping in on it? Some of these people that need help, some of these big merchandisers. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I, I think immigration needs to be handled more on a state level than it currently is. Oh, yeah. I think federal well, policy well, like, has like a place. Greg Abbott delivering them up there to Kamala's fucking yeah. doorstep <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on Christmas Eve. And then she said, how inhumane that is to put him on a bus and send him somewhere. And then she goes back in her big house. And then she sent, and then she puts him on a bus and sends him back. The yeah. very same thing she said That's was inhumane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Both yeah. Anyways. But okay. uh, here's, here's, a, here's something I found interesting. I worked at the Rosedale Post Office in the 90s. Uh-huh. And uh, there was... Uh, oh, good thing I drank all that. Oh, that was the empty one. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, one of the guys I worked with, a guy named Phil Gardos. Uh-huh. Um, he was a, a practicing Catholic, extremely liberal. How practicing? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he practiced so much he was really good at it. Oh, okay. Um, he was very involved in, his, in the church uh, down there on Southwest Boulevard. I, I can't okay. remember the name of it, even though I delivered to it a few times. Sorry, there's so many Catholics. Um, I, yes. I, I had to make a quip. <laughs> so anyway, guys. Um, this was well, back my when are Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, about the same thing. Go ahead, I'm sorry. This was you remember when those big uh, um, 
columns of people suddenly started surging north from Central America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this was before then, but there was a big surge of uh, immigration from Central and South America. What time period are you talking about? Because We're talking about early 90s to mid 90s. Yes. Um, so Nicaragua was a hellhole. Like Venezuela was a hellhole. Bush era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I got it. I, Ed Asner was going down there and stirring up trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Emmanuel Noriega. Is he still alive, Ed Asner? I think he passed away not too long ago. Um, he was alive as recently as, say, 10 years ago, but I don't know. But anyway, so here's all these immigrants piling in, and, you know, there's debate going on. Let them in, turn them away, Ed blah, Asner. blah. But uh, Phil had an interesting take on it. Um, Eddie Asner was an American actor. Was. Was. President there we go. There's all you need to know. Um, 2021. Recent, That's what I thought. I thought it was, yeah. yeah. Okay. So anyway, so people are debating on, you know, at work, you know, should we let them in? You know, they're running from uh, human civil rights and human rights catastrophe, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Phil came up with something that was really unexpected. And he, he said, you know, and this is from coming from somebody who is one of the most liberal people I know. Uh-huh. He said they should not be coming here. They need to stay home and fix the problem. Actually, he's probably right. They're running away from the problem and letting the bad guys own the country. They need to stay home and kick those people out and take their country back. Well, I mean, that's kind of what the Revolutionary War was here. Yeah. It's like, no, we're not leaving uh-huh. our new land, and you're not going to tax us here either. Yeah. And I really I thought, well, that's interesting. And, and uh, he was even uh, taking it as far as, uh, you know, we worked in the Wyandotte County post mm-hmm. office. You know, if you worked for KCK, you worked only in Wyandotte County. And what he was pissed about was people from Johnson County coming into Wyandotte County and taking those good, high-paying Wyandotte County jobs and then taking that money home to Johnson County. He said, no, you need to stay home where you're from and let people who live in Wyandotte County get these good jobs in Wyandotte County. That's a very interesting way of uh, looking at it, isn't it? Protect your local community. And when things get bad, don't run, fix it. Don't bail, fix it. Yeah. Don't give in to the bullies and the dictators. Kick them out. And I thought, wow, that makes so much sense. But, of course, everyone's urge is to, you know, run. pick up and run to the safe well, place. one thing is, is, like, there's so. this whisper, little campaign. is like, go to America. Mm-hmm. Things are better there. Things are better. They'll Things are easier there. There's there. so much money everywhere. Yeah, you go to this office and they yeah. give you food and a place to live. Yeah, yeah, they make it too appealing for one. And a lot of those are rumors started by the people who make money smuggling they you know. in. Yeah, uh-huh. it's like go to America, get out of here, so I can have this place. Yeah, yeah. They want you to pay them fifteen hundred dollars a head to smuggle you into the country, and then when you leave, they're going to take whatever you left behind. Yes. And, you know, that's who is, is perpetuating the rumor of, you know, oh, better days always in America. Yeah. So the people probably would be more likely to stay home and fix their own country but they view if it people as, weren't lying to them about how grass, well, green the also, grass was. Over here. They don't have any type of the media to look at or nothing either. All they know is they see the Joneses down the street all got decapitated. Yep. And uh, that, we're not going to do that. We're going to leave. That brings up my my uh, point I talked about a couple of podcasts ago. 
if you control the access to information, you can control those people. Well, that's what's been going on here in America, yeah. hasn't it? So look, let's look at who is controlling access to high-speed Internet in rural America. Who is stalling that legislation? Who keeps killing it when it could have been in place 15 years ago? Those are the people who want to control rural America. That's right. I'll let you people go look it up. I'm not going to tell you because you, you, know, you shouldn't believe me. You should go look it up yourself. Who is delaying and killing high-speed internet for the entire country? Yeah. Regardless of where you live. I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Control the flow of information. Control yeah. their minds. I've got a kind of a gross story here. Oh, okay. Let's go gross. Okay. Let's get away from heavy. Let's go to gross. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just kind of figured we just go ahead and get off of it because, I mean, I, really, there's really not more, much more to say. I mean, yeah. you know, it's... I've got a whole other section here about the Constitution, but, you know, maybe we don't get into that the same day we do all this other stuff. Oh, we'll see. We, we yeah. can see if we can lighthearted it up a little bit here. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. Well, I got Gen Z trades and skills work is dropped. That's true. Yep. I know this for a fact. Everybody knows. Okay. An airline ground crew worker in Montgomery, Alabama, died after being uh, ingested in the engine of oh. a park plane on Saturday. That would be fair. Probably Saturday, pretty fast, at least. Saturday would have been about two weeks ago. The story's about a week old. Gosh. So the National Transportation Safety Board, in a statement provided to NPR and NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Board, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, the NPR's National Pussy Radio. Yes. Isn't that it? Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. Said it has opened an investigation into death. It's been involved <laughs> an embracer. 170 aircraft, a medium-range jet that can hold about 70 passengers, which had flown from Dallas-Fort Worth to Montgomery Regional Airport. Okay, I'm familiar with those types of planes. They're yeah. they're smaller, they're lower to the ground. Yeah, yeah. they're the ones that have like uh, two seats on one side and one row on yeah. the other side. They're, they're the ones that are a lot more fun to fly in flight simulator than the big ones are. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and those are the ones that you're going to get going to Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah, regional airline kind yeah, of jets. Regional, they, yeah. They're the smaller jets to bring you into a hub yeah, or yeah. take you like out from Kansas a hub. Kansas City, we wouldn't have that here. No. We'd go to Dallas to go to yeah. that one. But Joplin go... would have a regional airline to yeah. take you to a major hub. Yes. Yeah. So... Um, it, anyhow, uh, let's see. The victim, whose name is yet to be released, was employed by Piedmont Airlines, a subsidiary of American Airlines that operates more than 80 airports. Neither company responded to NPR's request for comment, except we are sad to hear about the tragic loss of a team member of the AA slash Piedmont Airlines, said Wade A. Davis, the airport's executive director. Our thoughts and prayers are with the family during this difficult time. Mm-hmm. The airport grounded all flights for five hours after the incident. Five hours! He got five hours! Man, you got to clean up a lot of DNA that just goes flying out of the back of that engine. This occurred 3 p.m. on New Year's Eve. Oh, God. So people trying to get somewhere for New Year's Eve did not make it from Montgomery, if you're on Piedmont Airlines. People briefed on the matter told routers that the engine was running at the time of the incident. The NTSB confirmed the parking brake on the aircraft was also set. So, you know, the guy... Like, Somebody parked it and the engine was still spinning under power. Yeah, and the guy got too close. He got too close. <laughs> oh, probably... Oh, that just makes my heart sick. Yeah. Narsty. Probably liquefied him, I would yeah. bet. You uh, know, it's, it's creepy that, it's, that the name was Piedmont. 
because the name Piedmont has always signified something bad to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the well, reason... It's uh, soil erosion to... Uh, um, let's see, I think Piedmont is soil erosion, too. Isn't, isn't there a Piedmont, Nebraska? I know yes, there's a there Piedmont, is. California. Yeah, there is. And there's a Piedmont, Nebraska, too. Yeah. Uh, I think my aversion to Piedmont came from, uh, do you remember a book in a movie, it came out in the 60s, called The Andromeda Strain. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, the, the, the premise was uh, a satellite uh, that was orbiting the Earth came back to Earth and it was carrying a disease of extraterrestrial origin. Oh yeah. On okay. a little tiny chunk of asteroid. Yeah. Yep. And the thing landed near Piedmont, California, and oh, the people there opened okay. it up, and everyone in town died. Uh, the way this disease worked is it's inhaled, and it multiplies very quickly, and its major effect on you is it makes all of your blood clot everywhere in your body. And I it usually kills... That, yeah. yeah, it kills in about three and a half seconds. Mm -hmm. So insanely virile, insanely easy to spread, and 100% fatal. And there was a team that went in there and collected it and tried to you know, analyze it, whatever. And the story basically travels along the lines of this thing can't be natural. It had to be engineered to do this. And then they started realizing, well, it wasn't designed to come here and kill us. It was designed to come here and get our attention. Uh -huh. And there's nothing hostile about it. It's just, this is how they got our attention. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to send this to you, and it's going to kill a bunch of people all of a sudden. And then you'll, under, you'll, then we'll you'll get your attention, <laughs> and you'll know. Yeah. You know, so that was an interesting, it wasn't a message of peace, a message of joining. It was a message that, you know, we're out here, and here's what we can do. <laughs> yeah, that was a wow. scary message. <laughs> that is. Yeah. The movie version gave it a much happier ending and uh, and kind of you know, wrapped everything up in a bow, but the book version left it open-ended like, you know. And it, it, was, it was basically written to make people feel nervous about the space race in the 60s. Okay. someone's on their high horse again. It's another episode of I Call Bullshit. Bullshit. Dating and stupid things. Yeah, so I found something <laughs> just along those lines. Yes. This is Celebrity Pets and this is I, I Call Bullshit. Oh my god. Imagine when a, 
what a nightmare it would be to be a celebrity pet. Oh my god, can you imagine all fawning and ogling shit? All the little dress-up games. Oh gosh, she always gotta wear something stupid. Oh, look at Fluffy. I think about the only thing worse than being a celebrity pet would be as being a celebrity's child. Yeah. That would probably be worse. Yeah. It would be worse. No. Uh, anyhow, Taylor Swift's beloved, glam uh, beloved glamour person, Scottish fold maker Olivia Benson, is the third richest pet in the world, according to a new report from All About Cats. Now, who the fuck All About Cats is, I don't know. Is that like a... Uh, it's probably a website slash magazine well, slash fanzine. Probably. I'll bet you it's a fanzine yeah. on the internet thing. I'm going to call a secondary I call bullshit on the what idea... What is All About Cats? The idea of a cat owning the property. The cat is a domestic species of small carnivorous mammal. No, she misunderstood no. you. Say, what I'm is allaboutcats.com? Oh, okay, yeah, there we go. And I missed what you said. What did you say before I get uh, I call bullshit on a cat having the legal right to own property. Yes, me too. Okay, we'll, both, we'll do double-fold bullshit. Yeah. yeah. All right. What is allaboutcats.com? According to All About Cats, at All About Cats, we're here to give you the knowledge you need to give your cat the best life possible. From in-depth cat product reviews to veterinarian-written guides on cat health issues. So it's a whole fan site. Yeah. However much you obsess about cats, you can find it there. Okay, you owe us 50 cents. Yeah. That was a big commercial. <laughs> 50 cents. Why 50 cents? Because, well... Why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's probably all we're going to get. If uh, yeah, okay, okay. I call so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I call bullshit on a cat being able to own property, and have also, wealth. I'm calling bullshit on these uh, pets being worth that much. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'll go to Y, and then you can go to your Okay. Okay. A Scottish fold named Olivia Benson is the third richest pet in the world, according to a new report from All About Cats. The fat cat was clawed together a positively... I didn't write this. Oh, yeah. Impressive. It's going to be cat puns all through yeah. this shit. <laughs> all, about, all about cats wrote this. Yes. Fuckers. Should be all about pussies. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'll throw that. Everyone would look at that. Everyone would at least look at that website once, right? I think that website already exists. It does. That's why they couldn't take it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyhow, her fucking stupid cat is worth $97 million. <laughs> Just because, well, it's only worth $97 because people think it is. Bingo, that's what I'm getting yeah. at. Okay. There's no, there's no physical reality to any of this. So, feline fine at number two was an estimated $100 million, a social media influencer, in other words, a succubus, yeah. barnacle, succubus, succubus, <laughs> nulla cat, a Siamese and tabby mix, um, German Shepherd Gun Gunther the Sixth, owned by an Italian media company, Gunther Corporation, nabbed a prize for the richest pet in the world with a jaw-dropping $500 million. The list was made up using Instagram analytics and the pet's potential payday per social media post in 2020. Swift posted a picture of, a picture of Olivia sprawled out on a couch, which generated more than 2 million likes on her Instagram page. Um, Coming in behind, Benson on the richest uh, pet list were Oprah Dog, Sadie, Sunny, Lauren, Layla, and Luke at $13 million. The late Carl Lagerfeld's cat, Chappelle, 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 
at 13 mil, and the late actress Betty White's cat, uh, no dog, mm-hmm. at five million, and tied at 1.5 million are Doug the Pug, who I've seen, Tucker and Maruato. I could pull shit on the surface on the stupid survey. The animals really weren't that much people. People would be selling them, wouldn't they? You mean to tell uh-huh. me that even Taylor Swift, if someone came up with a hundred million dollars, wouldn't find herself another cat? Well, here's here's a, a good way to find out if this is real or not. Uh-huh. That hundred million dollars that the cat supposedly owns. Yeah. Who pays taxes on that? Who files taxes and pays taxes on that every year? Yeah. The cat? The no, cat no. doesn't know, cat doesn't have civil rights. Yeah, cat absolutely. has no rights whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, currency, the the dollars, the change, the money, etc., is for human beings to use. It's developed by human beings, designed for human beings, and our constitution only allows for it to be owned and traded among human beings. Yeah. Cats, dogs, whatever. You can make up your fun little stories about them having money, but your cat and your dog is not filing income taxes on the proceeds from that money. A human being is, and that's who really has that money, and that animal has shit. If that animal died tomorrow, there would be no inheritance, there would be no, you know, court probate or anything. No, because the cat doesn't own shit. That's right. (laughs) It's... Wow, talk about a fluff piece. Yeah. But people are going to buy into it saying, Oh, that cat's so rich. I wish I would have that cat. And then some idiot's going to go kidnap the cat, thinking the cat really has money. No, it's Taylor Swift's money. You're right. Some idiot would do that. If the cat died tomorrow and she got a new cat, that cat would suddenly be worth that money, too. Yeah. Which means it's not the cat. That is actually a fantastic way of putting it. Is that right there? Yep. Yeah. yeah, if that cat died tomorrow, would Taylor Swift be out that money? Would no. that get inherited by somebody else? No. no, it's Taylor Swift's money. It's always been her money. Yeah. She just pretends that the cat owns it. Well, yeah, but, well, she's generating money from that cat, so mm-hmm. there you go, from yeah. idiots that like... She's generating money. The cat is not generating money for itself. Look, Glamour is having a drink. Uh-huh. Three million likes, Hor- fucking rubes. Whoring out your cat. Yeah. Lovely. Like what a great pet like, owner. Like, uh... Local weather people have their own Twitters and all that, Insta and Facebook and stuff like that. I noticed the same people fucking marking out to them. Yeah. Great job, so and so. Uh Let's say it's uh, Katie Horner. Yeah. Thanks for keeping us safe, Katie. <laughs> um, let's say it's uh, who's the one from Fox for? Uh, uh, Carly Ritter. Yeah, Carly Ritter. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say it's her. Oh, thank you, Carly, for that valuable piece of information. Yeah. They're sucking each other's dick right yeah, there on the broadcast. Yeah. They don't yeah. like going, oh, this is stupid. <laughs> it's like, oh, speaking of that, did you see how much Tony Roma was sucking every Bronco's dick he could get a hold yes, of during oh that my game? God, he was, yeah. He was kissing so much Bronco ass, it was amazing. He had one up his ass, one in each hand, and three in his mouth at yes, one point. Yes, he did, yeah. Tony Romo was trying to was get more just, with one of his toes. He was such a Bronco's whore during that broadcast, it was revolting. And the thing is, is I don't get it. I don't know why. Does he just pick a team? He does. Yeah. yeah, he bandwagons. You know, oh, let's all feel happy and good about the Broncos. They lost their coach, and now Russell Wilson's playing like like Patrick Mahomes. Nope. <laughs> he just he just wants to bandwagon and get excited about something, and he yeah. picked the Broncos, and he just he let them come all over his face. 
Yeah. Uh, it was so revolting. And I didn't watch that, past that, the third quarter. No, I can't I mean, handle he needed this. a shower after the broadcast. Right? Yeah, he needed a shower, a cigarette, and an HIV test. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it, Tony it, it, Romo is just such a sack of shit, but he's popular, so he's not going anywhere. No, I know. I know. Yeah. And I don't understand why he's so popular because he's so annoying. Mm-hmm. But maybe that is why he's so popular. Yeah. Know. And the thing to remember is the NFL is no longer produced and broadcast to appeal to us. No. We're 60-year-old white guys. They no, don't they care don't about us. us. They, no. no. We They're don't like, figure into them at all. Nobody's advertising to us. They don't care if we like their Here's the way I was told by someone that would know. We're not going and buying our first car or our first house. We're already established, mm-hmm. and, we, and also we're not influenced by stuff. like. Yeah. We're not going out and picking an insurance company that we're going to be with for 20 or 30 years. No. We've already done that. So nobody cares to yeah, advertise already, to us anymore. We don't give a shit about Jake from State Farm. I'm not no. with State Farm, are you? No. Well, yeah, actually, I'm in with State Farm, but oh, I'm, I want to call them up and say get Jake off because every, every State Farm commercial – the customers of State Farm on the commercial are morons who don't get it. They don't understand what they have. They're stupid. And I, I feel like calling my agent and says, is this really what your company thinks about me? Jake from State Farm has to go you know, walk around and explain the basics to us and keep us from choking on our own spit? No, it is. Yeah, that's what they think of you. Yeah. And your basic person goes, ha, 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 State Farm, that's so fun. Oh, Jake's so cute. Yeah. I mean, they might as well just come out and say, you're a fucking moron, you don't get it. Buy our product. Yeah. Really? Uh, no, no thanks. <laughs> Here's a law I'd like to see passed. Anything that is designed to be thrown away has to be biodegradable. Oh, yeah. And here's where it would come in big. Take out food packaging. Like all that plastic, all that styrofoam, anything you buy in the store that's wrapped in a plastic package, mm-hmm. it's designed to be thrown away immediately. Yeah. It it ought there ought to be either make it it has to be biodegradable or put a recycling tax on it. I'd love to see a recycling tax on the oh, junk mail you, that oh my God. floods your mailbox. Imagine yeah, if the sender... That goes straight to the trash. Imagine if the sender had to pay double. You know, pay once to get it mailed to you, pay the second time because a lot of that stuff is going to cost to recycle. What's going to happen? I think when me and you became, we become officially the elderly, like 80s or whatever. Yep. There's not going to be snail mail fucking... Uh, um, there shouldn't be. It's just stupid. Ads. I mean, the, the stupidity of walking from house to house and stuffing paper communication into a metal box. Yeah. How archaic. We might as well be, you know, beating animal skins with rocks or something. Yeah. It's just stupid. It, it doesn't make any sense. No. And it will go away. It should. It needs to it, go it's away. It's going to go away. It, it will. should all be electronic, uh, electronic transfer something recreation of the original document but actually physically packaging something up stuffing in an envelope and then mailing it somewhere just to get thrown away that's stupid yeah (laughs) it needs to go away i agree and honestly the postal service exists mostly to do that and that's about it they deliver junk mail and political mail and they deliver packages yep that nothing else makes them anything no i agree now Stay tuned for something a little bit different. About as pleasant as a jackhammer at 4 a.m.
makers of Who Bit My Asshole board game and guess whose discharge kit comes. Two douch bags and a microphone action figures. Each action figure comes with three free mullets, a bag of flaming hot Cheetos and a box of antibiotics. Collect both and watch your neighbors move. Act now and get a free at home taint piercing kit. That's right, free, free taint piercing, piercing kit. kit. New for Gisbro. Swimming in toxic masculinity and wiping their ass with politically correct wash rags. Two douchebags and a microphone invade your ear holes in three, two, one. Okay. I, I got a, a, a little bit of uh, an eye opener the other day. Uh, my son Lewis came from Columbia for a visit, stayed a couple of days around Christmas time. And um, I thought this was a great example. Uh, he's 30, 31, approximately around there. Um, and I, I wanted to ask him about the reality of, uh, of the language changing to reflect how we communicate. Uh, this is something that Lewis studied in, in, in school, so I knew he'd be the right person to ask. Um, I had put forth a premise on an earlier podcast that since people text a lot and they abbreviate and use you know shortened and slang and other words, they're, they're text. eventually become accepted words. Yeah, that we eventually will start talking now, that way. And... Uh, my, mine was ain't. Remember mm-hmm. for a long time, ain't was a no no. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, one day, I'm like, I, I forgot. I go, oh, ain't isn't where they're like, yeah, it is. And it is. It's been accepted, yeah. For ain't not or are not. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't, are not either one. Yeah. yeah isn't, you you or ain't or we ain't, I ain't. It works for everything. It was actually like, uh, um, Let's see, uneducated slang at one time. Right. Yeah. If you said ain't, people made fun of you. Yeah, but anymore, know, it's yeah. it's so accepted. It's like, why would you ever worry about people saying ain't? Exactly. <laughs> it's like, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's like saying yellow instead of yellow. Yeah. People yeah. do that. People don't care. Like, yeah. Oh, yellow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that color yeah. over there. And it's like, no, it isn't. That's not even that name. But yeah. My, my mother-in-law used to say pillow instead pilla. of pillow. You know, or Piana. Yeah, who cares? You, you know? ever hear Piana or Piano? Yes. Piana, fiddle instead of violin. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Fiddle. I yeah. still hear fiddle every now and then. Yeah, but I remember my mom getting bent over the word "ain't." Well, like, fiddle no. is also for the masturbation <laughs> for females. Well, this is true. Yeah, that's true. All right. So, Are you fiddle in the parks? <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe. Flicking the bean. <laughs> yeah. So I asked Lewis about the uh, filthy bean. Yes. Thank you, Rick. So I asked Lewis about uh, uh, the texting possibly changing the way we communicate, and he said, you know, people really don't do that in texts so much anymore. Really? It's a caricature. Um, The people his age and younger and slightly older, they pretty much spell things out. They, you know, when they text, it's full words, full sentences, you know, every now and then it'll be a U R instead of you. You know, with the letter U and the letter R and I D K. Real quick sidebar: Was that that bag? Yeah, that was the that was the crazy That's person. That's the person was, you hear in the back. There's always going. No, 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 no. Yeah, she just walked in to get a coffee. Okay, That'd they're going to kick her out though. They always do. <laughs> Anyhow, go ahead. So, um, but I get texts from people who abbreviate everything and everything's. But these aren't people who are 20s or 30s. These are people more closer to my age. And I realize we're seeing the Hollywood and or TV version of how people text. It's not reality. So when you see a meme on Facebook about, you know, hilarious text and it's full of all these abbreviations, those are fake. People don't text that way. They really don't. 
Not many people either, anyway. And well, the ones that do are doing it intentionally to look cute yes, rather Lewis than Jeffrey, I Lewis. Okay, he's 31. Yeah. Well, he'd know. Yeah, he, he, you know, people who do that, he said, are trying to look cute, and most people think it's obnoxious. So <laughs> That's cool to know. Yeah. So I started expanding that to other things, and, you know, you'll see that on, on other social media, television shows, wherever, where they're texting, you know, the cute little slang, the little buzzwords, whatever. None of that apparently is real. It's, and, you know... I accepted that as, okay, well, you know, that's how people, you know, 30 years younger from me really communicate. No, we're being lied to again. It's like, you know, the the gun that makes a big chunking, clicking noise every time somebody moves oh, it, yeah. which isn't reality. No, there's no way they could. I mean, they're uh-huh. designed to not do that instead of, yeah. Uh-huh. Or the, the DNA test at the police lab that takes three minutes to complete. If it did that, it'd be done all over all yeah. the time. It'd be like, oh, just bring that over here. Yeah. yeah. So when they show people texting back and forth and using or all the cutesy the slang. Sideways. Yes. So when they show people texting back and forth with all the cutesy slang, that's fake as fuck, too. Yeah. I fell for it. I won't anymore. (laughs) I did. Here's why. It never occurred to me that people would fucking... um, Lie about it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what is the purpose of even making something about that that's not, you know? I think it's because people our age expect that. If yeah. we saw someone in their 20s or 30s in holding a, a, an intelligent, you know, well-thought-out communication via cell phone, I would call BS on it because yeah. I'm used to seeing the, oh, my God, whatevers and LOLs and, you know, 8,000 emojis. That's all fake bullshit. Normal, regular people really don't communicate that way. Posers do. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting, and it it's used to create – a mood or an atmosphere or a feeling about a certain character when you see someone on TV doing that. So I'm going to take a much more skeptical eye about everything that that social media or popular culture says that younger generations are doing because they probably aren't. They're probably just feeding our prejudices or our disdain, you know, oh, fucking Tide Pod Eaters, you know? They're feeding into that. That is fun fodder, though. To, you know, to rev us up. There's probably 90% uh, of what we're I hearing is I used to walk from, around and lies. see one and go, man, that looks delicious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, and we even talked about this this last holiday season, there were pumpkin spice Tide Pods mm, for consumption. Yeah. So. yeah. But, you know, you know we got to come up with some more bad product ideas. Yes, we do. Yeah. But, you know, we're being lied to about the Gen Xers and the Gen Zers. They're being lied to about the boomers and what they're like. You know, they're, we're you know, all being I, lied to about the millennials remember, uh, and what they're like. It's just all bullshit to I manipulate. Was, I wasn't quite a freedom <laughs> rocker, per se. I was. I didn't fit the, in that age demographic. Uh-huh. But, yeah, we were always taught to make fun of them. Oh, the mm-hmm. old fogies. They didn't. Shit, I think they had more fun than we did. Yeah. But we are always taught, like, oh, old, boring. Yeah. No, that wasn't the way it was. Yeah. They actually had it made because about the time I started trying to fucking screw everything, AIDS popped out. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. We didn't know what it was, so we're screwed to death. I was, I was, I got married the first time in in 82, so I was married when AIDS popped up, and I didn't have to worry about it. You didn't have to worry about it. You were already set up. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, me, I'm like, you hear all these stories about the guy woke up, the chick was gone. Mm. And welcome to the world of AIDS and blood on yeah. there and all that. Yeah, I know that shit. And like, Do you know yeah. the scary part about AIDS is it really started getting 
an outbreak and noticeable from like 83 to 85. Mm -hmm. But the incubation period is about 10 years. So these people who were coming out with AIDS in the mid-80s were infected in the early to mid-70s. Oh, wow. And they had had 10 years to spread it. Because back then, nobody was looking for it. Now we can test people well yeah. before they develop the disease. We yeah. can check to see if they're HIV positive. I never positive. thought about that. But back then, no one was looking for it. So the disease, just if somebody didn't intentionally design this disease, it was an amazing feat of well, natural like selection. Well, just like sure seems like it was, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could take your pick. Natural selection yeah. would be the same thing. It'd be like nature outsmarting people. Nature people. always finds a way. It, it's yeah. amazing how nature will fill a void. And, you know, AIDS is filling some sort of void as a parasite to kill off the weak. Mm -hmm. That's basically what parasites are supposed to do is yeah. pick on the weak and ones then what and strengthen their survivors. COVID got the sick and the elderly. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, that's kind of how things like that work. Predators and parasites work the same way. They pick yeah. on the weak and the sick. Yeah. But so they, they tracked a number of the people who were, were part of the initial uh, HIV exposure and it was all like 72, 73 through like 75. And a lot, a lot of very promiscuous young men were spreading this everywhere. Oh, yeah. But nobody had any clue. Oh, they had like huge yeah. sex parties where people are just, yeah. you, whoever you grab, you fuck and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, just whatever. But the, yeah, but the. And that, just think that like, wasn't uh, that wasn't well known when AIDS came out and started scaring the shit out of everybody. Nobody realized that people could have it for ten or more years oh, yeah. before they realized they have it. Well, so, just think about this. That was we, scary. We both watched Bohemian Rhapsody. We we all did down at the Alamo Draft House. Yeah, that was a great movie. It was a great movie. Queen had to tone that down because they didn't want it to be about Freddie Mercury's sexual escapades. Yeah, they could have made a whole movie just about yes. that. But they toned it down so much, and it was still nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it was still like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then I went home, and I thought, wait a minute. That movie was toned down. Yeah. Because the the uh, other members of Queen, the surviving members, uh -huh. were like, we don't want this to be so much about Freddie's uh, sexcapades, but we want to be more about the music. So they went, and they redid the whole thing. They even got rid of Sasha Barrett. Baron Cohen, who yes. was going to play him. I was going to bring that up. He, he was, wanted to be way more realistic, and the band was like, nope, we don't want to embarrass opinion, anybody. That guy has, I don't know, some sort of a side to him, and he, he's trying to let out in different yeah. facets. Yeah. So, anyhow. But. Uh, a similar movie, Rocket Man, about uh, Elton John. I have and not seen that yet. That was pretty good. They, they Again, like Bohemian Rhapsody, they take a lot of liberties in uh, the sequence of events, how it really transpired, and the Bohemian songs Rhapsody that came out. Bohemian Rhapsody was really, really, Oh, yeah. Really. They had time machines. They were jumping uh, all over. Yeah. <laughs> songs that came out before they oh, came out. Songs that came out after they came out. I had to just keep my mouth shut because uh, I'm like, wait a minute. How did that know? Yeah. And also, the whole formation of the band was all fucked up, too. Yeah. On yeah. how they formed. So, so yeah, it was uh, it was smoothed over for for public consumption. But yeah. in, in Rocket Man, there were a number of scenes talking about Elton John's uh, resistance to uh, coming out, um, like the big show he did at the Troubadour in the '60s. That was kind mm -hmm. of his big breakout. That night, he was kind of left alone at a party. Uh, Bernie, his lyricist Bernie Tobin, you know, found some chick to hook up with. 
and uh, Elton wound up getting very freaked out by uh, homosexual advances from a lot of people around him. Now, that didn't have a lot to do with reality, but it, it made the point that he wasn't comfortable coming out or being open about his sexuality yet. Yeah. Then later in the movie, he's already you know very successful, has a huge house, and he wakes up one morning, walks outside, and here's a record executive or a manager or something just sitting in a poolside chair while a young man blows it. Just very casually, just like, you know, and the guy's just sitting there like having a drink or eating breakfast, and it's like... Just the casualness of it, the yeah, casual it was depravity. Like no big deal in his yeah, is that when he decided to come out or not? Uh, I think that was probably around the time he came out in that Rolling Stones interview around '76. I think it was mid '70s. I didn't realize it and was that He said early. It, he I said he was he... bisexual. Oh yeah, yeah. That, no, no, that was it. Yeah, he said he was bi, but he really wasn't. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, but he did eventually get married to a woman, but it didn't last. <laughs> no. no um, just like Rock Hudson, but he wasn't gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and neither was uh, Reed, uh, Robert Reed. Lou Reed. Oh, well, Robert Lou, Reed. Robert yeah. Reed, too, but yeah. Lou Reed, was Lou Reed gay, too? Yeah, Lou Reed was, uh, he went back and Walk forth. Walk on the wild side, Lou Reed. Yeah, uh-huh. And he, uh, he later in life said that he was sexually abused as a child by uh, a male relative, and that kind of broke down his barriers to, you know, sex with anybody. Oh, wow. But yeah. he eventually married, uh, Reed also eventually married a woman, but I don't think it lasted either. Mm. Celebrity marriages, any marriages really don't all usually last. No, especially musicians. Yeah. they got to go through quite a few of them before mm. they're finally ready for that one or whatever. Yeah. You know? so, but, um, another one that was interesting was Rob Halford. Yeah, yeah. Rob Halford, I kept hearing from bands in Kansas City. Uh-huh. I mean, they were the big bands in Kansas City, and they all worked down at 7th Heaven. Yeah. I'd go in there to uh, get the new bands, number one, the new bands that you couldn't get on the internet. Yeah. You go in there, and there's this one guy, he uh, played for this rock band, Shock, mm. was the name. And I think they turned to Banshee later. Oh, and I remember Banshee. People around Kansas City would know Banshee. Yeah. They could have made it big, but they looked uh, they looked fluff and sounded metal, and it just didn't pan didn't out. Work. Yeah. yeah, they were hired by Atlantic. They had a deal with Atlantic, but it just it didn't do very well. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it did good, but not good enough to be a big act. Yeah. I mean, they opened yeah. up for some people. But anyhow, uh, one of those guys that was in Banshee, but I don't think the uh, the current member once, not now, mm -hmm. because I think Westfall died, didn't he? But uh, Billy Westfall. The yeah, I think so. Okay, well, uh, the other ones... Um, it wasn't the version that we know to Banshee that got bigger or was huge around Kansas City and big, you know. So, anyhow, I go in there and he goes, yeah, he goes, yeah, I was at a promotional event last night. He goes, I can't believe Rob Halford's gay. I'm like, what? I go, he is a gay. He goes, yeah, he is. He's gay. So, I'm like, okay, but I didn't believe. Yeah. Like, yeah, someone made that shit up. They're mad at him or something. Yeah. You got to know the time. Yeah. The time back then it was still taboo and we'll be like, you know, and all that stuff. Now yeah. now I've been like, oh, okay, so what what you know, what's your point? You yeah. Know? That was back when being gay was considered a mental disease. Yeah. Mental illness. Yeah. And so, you know, now I'd be like, Okay, so all right, uh, what Who cares? Yeah. yeah what, <laughs> what else? What what else were you gonna tell me? <laughs> what else you got? Yeah, so so hey, and then I hear, I don't know, two months later the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, oh yeah, Rob Halbert's gay. Hmm. Okay, oh, I've heard this a few times from different musicians that are yeah. in the And he did not come out till maybe 90-something. Yeah. 
I think so, yeah. yeah. After he got fired, he still kept it quiet. Yeah, he still kept it quiet. Yeah. But he had a press conference, but he was going to tell it then. Mm-hmm. He chickened out, and instead he announced Fight, his band his, Fight. Oh, okay. And he said that, you know, he went come up with this big thing about, yeah, you know, the record company told me to tone it down and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not going to do it. That's not me. So I'm going to leave Judas Priest and all that. But the press conference was going to be to tell people that he was gay. And he chickened out. Wow. And he waited until several years later to tell about it. And you know what? Nobody gave a shit. Yeah. It was funny because he thought it was going to ruin his career or something. Uh Actually, he was probably more popular afterwards because nobody gave a shit. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, man, I still love the guy. He's still one of the best metal singers ever. His Mm -hmm. stage presence. Good, good, smart guy. I mean, He'd be a great guy to meet, actually. To talk yeah, to. yeah. He'd, oh, he'd be impressive. Yeah. He'd have lots of lots of stories about the changes in the music industry and the touring. I would love to hear that, God, and also he some of the stories about of all these rockers that he flipped over for one night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember having a a DJ from uh, KY one hundred and two come over and talk to my radio and TV production class. At uh, I was going to. Penn Valley Community College in the early 80s. you remember who it was? I think it was Joe McCabe. Oh, Skippy, the housewife's friend, right? Mm. When that hit, he remembered during the, when he did during the day, he uh-huh. was Skippy, the housewife's friend, Joe McCabe. Yeah, yeah. he was good. He said, uh, you know, he enjoyed all the chance to interview all these rock stars that were coming through. Uh-huh. And he said, wouldn't you know it, the only one that ever propositioned him was Billy Squire, a dude. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Billy Squire was one of it that just never thought anything about it. Though. He yeah. always like did both, and he, didn't, yeah. he, never, he never thought anything about it. And then when it actually came out, he's like, really? That was uh, that was a focal point, not my music? He was yeah. like, really kind of offended that his yeah. music wasn't the focal point. He was surprised that people cared. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then that, that weird video he did, we're dancing around in, in this lacy pink outfit. Emotions in motion. Uh Ruined his career. It was, yeah, it was... Because he was a rocker. Uh-huh. And he came out looking like, almost like Boy George. Yes. Uh, who was, you know, popular at the time in Culture Club. And it really, I mean, he says he was talked into it by the producer of the video, but... No, no, that was... no way a, he would have done it if he wasn't on board with it, too. No, I mean, they... they they pretty much said that that was inaccurate. That yeah. Bullshit. Yeah, that was the story came up later when it bombed. He could blame the director or the producer yeah. or whatever, but no, he was on board with that because no, he could have walked killed, at any time. He actually came up with the idea from what I read. Yeah. It was him. He wanted to express himself like uh, that. Yeah, and then when it didn't work, it was like, uh, uh, uh. And then after, my idea. <laughs> after that, he just he quit putting out. Didn't he put out one more album after that? Yeah, I think it's about one. Yeah. Because yeah, everyone like, looked at that and said, yeah, I don't want to listen to this guy's music anymore. And it's not because they rejected him for being gay or bi or whatever. It's because he suddenly turned into what something other than what they were expecting or used yeah. to. Look, and also another thing that I really respected is, is he toured with Queen. Oh, yeah, he did. I and remember he that. fucking tore it up because um, I couldn't go. I was a little bit too young and my parents wouldn't let me. And my brother was not going, so mm-hmm. he couldn't escort me or chaperone me so yeah. I couldn't go but the people I knew that went always said man yeah Queen was great but that guy Billy Squire son of a bitch yeah I remember hearing some of that they yeah. were so, like so impressed with the opening act yeah they're like that guy is fucking insane 
And Don't Say No is one of the greatest albums ever put out, in my opinion. That thing, the guitar, the a lot the of boys, hits off that. A lot of hits. Yeah. In the Dark, My Kind of Lover, The Stroke. Uh-huh. Um, Don't Say No. There's other ones that I'm not even thinking of. There's probably six or seven. Yeah. There's four or five certified huge hits on that album, and three or four ancillary really good ones. Yeah. At, at the time, if you listened to 102 all day, you would hear Barely Squire at least once an hour, sometimes twice. Yeah. And All he day. also wrote one of the best Christmas songs ever made later. Christmas is a time to say, I love you. Oh, he wrote that. He wrote that. Interesting. Yeah. As far as I know, he wrote, let me check that, but I'm okay. pretty sure he wrote it. Who wrote Billy Squire's version of Christmas is a time to say, I love you? Da, da, two douchebags in a microphone. You gotta modulate up to a higher key in there. <laughs> Wonder who wrote that. That is his original song. That's what I thought. Okay, cool. Released in 1981 as a B side. Ah. Yeah. There's been some, some famous B sides. B side of My Kind of Lover. Oh, funny. Didn't know that. Yeah. Well, there you go, folks. Hey, uh, younger ones, just look it up, okay? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And toe-tapping, too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, put up, like, airport toe-tapping Minneapolis. <laughs> and while you're at it, put up Google Images of Jim Jones. There we go. Yeah. It was creepy-looking something. And Robert Tilton. Oh, God. <laughs> Nightmares. Let's that guy's like else. a scary clown. Uh, 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 Charles Tam- Manson. Tammy Faye Baker. Oh, oh, God. The Egyptian death mask she used to wear. <laughs> Egyptian death mask. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Hahn. Oh, yeah. Wasn't fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jim Jim Baker. He was nailing her for a while. Yeah. He, yeah. When he wasn't nailing little boys. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and Jim Jones, he was nailing whatever fucking breed down there in yes. Guyana. Was it Guyana? Uh, yeah, French Guiana. Yeah. In South, was it South, South America? Was South it? America, yeah. yeah. Guyana. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Jones is doing men, women, children. Fucking rocks. Jungle monkeys. <laughs> He's probably the one who made Ebola jump from humans, from monkeys to humans. He probably is. Yeah. The fucking monkeys were running away from him. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever get a chance, listen to his tapes. Oh, oh yes. my God, they're so creepy. He's so, one creepy dude. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He yeah. started out almost normal, but, wow, no, drugs and, and unlimited kept, uh, power really really cleaned his clock. He kept these blackmailed um, over the big speakers down there in Guyana. He kept uh, blackmail uh, messages, or not blackmail, but... Um, propaganda. Propaganda or black, uh, fucking... Uh, Brainwashing. Indoctrination. Indoctrination, brainwashing. Yeah. Uh, constantly, your family's not going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. They're against you. They hate you. I love you. We love you. You should stay here. And he built up his own secret police force within the within the people's temple, the yeah. religious group. The people's temple. What does, a reli- what does a church need with a secret police? Well, but Jim Jones had one. <laughs> yeah. Jim Jones's church had a and secret it police. Flavor Aid. Yes, it was, it was not, not Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. Whenever you hear the term drinking the Kool-Aid, 
that means that the Kool-Aid that they gave down in Guyana to kill everybody because it, it had cyanide uh, Jim Jones, in it. Yeah, it had cyanide in it, and he planned this, a mass suicide, to say fuck you to the world. Yeah. Because we're getting ready to go in there and fucking arrest him and take all the people over and hopefully rehab them or something. So the people that weren't on board, they made Drake, his secret force. Yes. Yeah. This, this was... Partially a mass suicide, also partially mass murder. Yes. And I'm not sure who died in which category the most, whether it was more people murdered or more, more people suiciding. I never, I never did get to that. I, didn't, I, I think, think it was... I don't know that they could really tell, but they, they can tell that parents were feeding the poison Kool-Aid, the, to the children. poison drink to their yeah. kids and, and each drinking, other. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing is, is uh, the ones that tried to run through the jungle to get out, they were shot. Yeah. So there was definitely murders. Yep. Definitely without having to even look, someone shot in the back. That's another thing. What does the church need with armed soldiers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and the first, their first murder they committed was the uh, uh, congressman. Yeah. He went uh, down there to check on some of his constituents. Yeah. That guy was actually trying to do his job, and he got murdered when he got off of the... Uh, when he, got, he, was, he was getting back on the oh, plane. Oh, he was getting back on the plane. Yeah, That's he right. went down there, they showed him around, and they realized he's going to go back and tell stories, and this is going to make things bad for us. So they actually have it on camera. I've seen yeah. the actual video where they gunned oh, down the congressman. Oh, you where they gunned him down? Yeah, oh. yeah, I've seen the actual footage. Uh, they hit the photographer, too, but he kept rolling. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember mm -hmm. that. I did see that. And I think... One or two of the people who were shot at the airfield survived, at least long yes, enough they did, for yeah. a while. For a while, at least. Yeah. What was the name of the congressman that was killed in Guyana at the Jim Jones's people temple? That was there. There was an interesting recreation of old Jim Jones thing. Uh, Powers Booth starred as Jim Jones. He did a good job. Oh yeah, uh, I did see that. Let's see. Yeah. Hello, this is Satan. You might know me from my pet name, Inflation. I'm here to tell you that there's no better way to relax than listen to two douchebags in microphone by a nice warm fire at night. I sit there and I reflect on all the souls I burned that day. Enjoy. If you enjoy two douchebags and microphone, you'll definitely enjoy a shovel to the head. At the time, Cheap Trick was putting out their album Dream Police, and they had a song on it called Mother. And during parts of the song, the, the vocalist would scream the word mother over and over. And then when the Jim Jones tapes came out, they heard Jim Jones calling over and over, Mother! 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 And they thought, oh my God, we were recording it about the same time that all these Jim Jones was there saying this and his people were dying. That I got supposedly one gave a chill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember that. Um, um, Jackie, Spir Spir Jackie was, Spiro was a congresswoman from California there, too. Mm. She, was shot, she was shot several times but lived. Oh, wow. I remember a little bit about that now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she lived and it. It's on the movie. Yeah. There's three movies out about it. The most chilling one was the first one ever put out a little bit after it happened, like maybe eight years mm -hmm. after it happened. Yeah. And that actually had footage of him in it. Yeah, yeah. 
Then the other ones were just like, I think, probably recreated and maybe added and taken away. Yeah, yeah. So, anyhow. But, yeah, I remember the photograph on the front page of the newspaper. It was oh. an aerial photograph showing hundreds oh, and hundreds of corpses. Oh, of all the people lying bloated. Yes. Yeah, because they didn't discover them for several days after lying in the jungle heat. That was, yeah, because uh, everybody was killed or almost dead or something, so there's nothing, yeah. Yeah, they had somebody had to either fly in or cart, cut their way through jungle to get there. A couple of people lived because they hid underneath dead people. Yep, yep. But yeah, I remember that photograph of just hundreds of corpses lying mm, on yeah. the ground. And you look at it and you think, these were real people that had thoughts and feelings and emotions and lived their whole lives and then just decided to end it all here. And not all of them did. No, so not all of them. It wasn't yeah. their idea for all of them. Not all of them. And uh, then uh, what was the one uh, down there in Waco, Texas? But they don't Jim know. Kar David Koresh. David Koresh. Yeah. Now, they don't know if that actually was them or not because a lot of people swear up and down that our government did it. Yeah. Yeah, there is, there is no clear-cut way to say who started all these fires that burned everybody up. People say it was ammunition from us that started it, and then other people say that they did it yeah. to get out of the situation. Yeah. And then there are the people who say no matter who started it, the government shouldn't have been in there with an armed siege against U.S. citizens, with tanks and, uh, and rockets. And you know, there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. Because why do we have a constitution. Uh -huh. Why do we have a Bill of Rights? Uh -huh. Because that does not happen here. No. Now, if you want to go get, like, um, a, um, oh, shit, some sort of a warrant, mm -hmm. then that's different. Yeah. If you have probable cause and can prove it and sway a judge to give you a, a federal warrant, mm -hmm. then that's different. But you don't go down there, from what I understand, with just a bunch of ammo and say, get out. Yeah. The whole thing, the, the basic, basic fallout from, from it that I got was, it was, uh, let's see, Janet Reno was Attorney General, and she was kind of running the show, mm -hmm. and she was Bill Clinton's big, tough law and order person, Yeah, and she had to make a name for herself, and she was worried about looking bad and embarrassment and embarrassing the Clinton administration the longer this dragged out. Because he went out on a limb to take her. Uh -huh. Because a lot, there was a lot of opposition. Uh -huh. So he gave her this to handle, and boy, did she fuck it up. <laughs> she um, couldn't have fucked it up more. And what was more atrocious is he stuck with her. Yes, yes. And it pissed some people off to the degree that exactly one year later, uh, Timothy McVeigh blew up that bomb in front of the uh, federal building in Oklahoma. Correlated. It was the exact same day, one year later. One year later. And it was exactly to be a protest of what happened at Waco. Yes. So Waco brought on... Timothy McVeigh, McVeigh's been, he has been executed yes. because he waived all his rights. Mm -hmm. He did this as a protest, and he was like, there you go. Yep. Okay, come and get me. Mm -hmm. Terry Nichols is still alive in prison. Yeah. Uh, how much he helped is not really clear, but he had a hand in it. He did. So. And there's a, there's a thing to remember when people say, you know, oh, all veterans are wonderful. They're all saintly and godlike. Timothy McVeigh was a veteran. Yeah. He was. He served in the armed forces. Yeah. Not all veterans are good people. No, I know. And, and to say everybody's good people, how can you how can you possibly say that? That's just as stupid and wrong as saying they're all bad people. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
all cops are heroes. Oh, so there's there's no bad cops? There's never been a crooked cop? Oh, all firefighters are heroes. Really? I've known a few. They cheated on their wives. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> matter of fact, they're one of the most, from what I gather, from what I've read and what I know, they're one of the most ones that screw around the most. They yeah. have the most opportunities. The, sa the saying is, cops beat, firefighters cheat. <laughs> That's yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Cops yeah. beat their significant other. Firefighters cheat on them. Yeah. <laughs> and so do letter carriers. Let me tell you. Oh, letter carriers. Oh my God. Really? You wouldn't believe how many guys get laid out on their route every day. It's not. Wow. It's stupid. Yeah. I how do could you not even approach it. that? I'd be afraid I'd lose my job. Like, hey, man. Just every day you crazy. stop. Every day you stop and talk with the young divorcee who's a single mom living in this nice house that her ex-husband's oh, paying for. Oh, you're in a very good uh, position. Oh, too, right? yeah. There was. What was that? There was. Uh, there was a housing development up there from the uh, like the Argentine station. We delivered his cousin Crestwood Heights or something like that in KCK. That might uh -huh. have been it. But during the 70s and 80s, it was single mom heaven, apparently. It was all these divorcees who were in their 30s with little kids who couldn't go out and date. They're stuck at home with the kids. And, and this this one carrier I, I used to work a lot with, he's just like, man, I had like five different women out there. So all I had to do was knock on the door. And, and you know, she had her my pants off me before she, the door was closed. Wow. Yeah. Like I never did that because I was always married when I was. <laughs> well, me, I, okay, let's Who say, knew I, the let's say I was late. single. Uh -huh. I'd be afraid to because of my job. No kid. I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna get fucking caught. Yeah. There's no way I'm doing this. I'm gonna go out the door and this bitch is gonna call and say something. Yep. Yeah. He came in and screwed me, and then you know. Nowadays, of course, there are cameras everywhere, and you know, she's going to have video evidence. Did go in there, but back in the eighties, it's like just be his word against hers. And, and back you know. in the eighties, you probably would be able to get out of it. Yeah. But nowadays, no, they'd be like, no, yeah, look, I heard him in there, you know. Uh -huh. But isn't that weird to think that all these mailmen getting some strange every day on the route? No it's, wonder the mail is so slow. Yeah. <laughs> If I wouldn't have known that was the reason, I would have cut him a little slack. Yeah. I'm like, all right, okay, you're getting late. I, you know, yeah. Why didn't you say so? Well, shut up. <laughs> what's this What's this sticky stuff on this letter? <laughs> Mind your own business. It's just glue. It's yeah, right. just, glue. just glue. Someone spilled some Sprite on me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, a little kid come up and bumped against me. Yeah. And fucking Sprite. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're, they're tamer stories about, you know, mailmen who would have friends on the route. You'd go and take an hour nap. Or, you know, he'd sit in the bar and drink for an hour or two. I've heard of that. I've known or, that. I've known the mailman that yeah. used to go in the bar all the time. And there was one famous guy who, uh, there's this big mail room in this retirement home. And, you know, when you bring the mail in, you walk into the mail room, close the door behind you, and you're on the backside of everybody's mailbox, so they can't see you. Yeah. So he would deliver the mail, and then he'd just shut the light off, kick his shoes off, lay on the floor, and take a nap. And if someone noticed that he'd been there for a while, it was like, yeah, there was a lot of mail today. But he got caught one time when he, he delivered the mail, and then he fell asleep for a couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> and people started calling and saying, hey, the mailman's truck has been sitting here for hours, and we haven't gotten our mail yet. <laughs> We're like his next stop, and we haven't gotten it. So the boss went down there to find him and busted in. He's there laid on the floor fast asleep. <laughs> Now, he played it off as he passed out. Yeah, but okay. he closed, he turned the lights off, and he took his shoes off, 
and he was using his mailbag for a pillow. That didn't look like he just passed out. It's like, you passed out the best anyone could. Look at that. Yep. You passed out right on a mailbag that served as a pillow. But but here's here's the secret. They had to go ahead and believe him that he had just passed out instead of falling asleep. Because if they, if they dumped him for falling asleep, then he would have gone and told somebody and made a big story about it. And it would be all over the news. Mailman falls asleep for two hours and it looks bad for him. You know what? You're right. Yeah, so they, they were could. more than happy to take the, oh, he passed out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's what happened. Yeah. So that's that's the secret, that's the superpower of postal employees, is if you do something that's going to embarrass the bosses too, they won't call you on it. They'll find a way to punish you, but they won't call you on the thing that embarrasses them too. <laughs> yeah. And, the, oh, here's another good superpower. This works for everybody. Um, if you can get a hold of somebody at the post office... Never stop complaining. Never stop threatening to go over their heads to the next boss and the next box. You will get what you want. Whatever it is you want, they will give it to you. They'll do it just to stop you. Just to shut you up, make you go away, and keep you from telling their boss. So no matter what you want from the Postal Service, you can get it. I'm All sorry, you have to do is, is complain enough. That is fucking funny, but not, but is, but not. I saw that so many times during my career. A customer would complain and want something outlandish and unreasonable. And the first response was, no, no way we're doing this. But after a couple of days of complaining, getting the district manager involved, all of a sudden it's like, fine, just do it and shut them up. Even if it was completely wrong, completely illegal. I saw illegal things being done just so it shut the customer up. Wow. I never I wouldn't do anything illegal and if it was something that was against regulation, I made the guy give it to me in writing for me to do that or I wouldn't do it. Yeah. He'd come out and say, I told you to do that. Put it in writing. I'm not gonna break a rule unless you put it in writing. No shit. And because I knew you can't get me in trouble for failing to break the rule. You can't claim afterwards, well I told him to do it and he didn't and I can say he wanted me to break the rules. What? No, I never heard no, that. No, never thought of that. Yeah. Like, so I don't know yeah. why you tell me to break the rule. Yeah. I yeah. So I just, I just flat told him, put it in writing, sign your name to it, and I'll do it. Otherwise, leave me alone. And they were never able to call me on it. Of course, you know they, they took retaliation in other ways, but. <laughs> It was you, just one of the ways. You told me about how they yeah. did retaliation other ways. Yeah. But, you know, here they were trying to, yeah, they knew what the right thing was. They wanted to do the wrong thing to make life easier for themselves, but they wanted yeah, to make somebody else do it. The path of least, <laughs> of least resistance. Yeah. And they didn't care how it hurt anyone else. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, I learned after a certain point, just say no. It's like, uh-uh, I ain't doing it. Not unless you're going to go on a limb with me. Come out and take the exact same risks as me, then we'll talk about it. And I'd get the union guy over saying, yeah, here's what he wants me to do, and here, here. they'd just kill it. the whole thing. I love it. Hey, where'd everybody go? We're the douchebags. Hmm. Oh my god, someone took a dump in the corner. Oh jeez. Ugh, I'm glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Oh, man, that smells.